guys what's up you are listening to another episode of the for your thoughts podcast where psychology pop culture and self meet it's me penny and nasty i hope you guys are all okay i hope your family is safe i hope you're safe i hope you haven't gone crazy yet let's hang in there they said april 30th let's like put that out in the air i'm trying to be out here in these streets i'm trying to be out side um all the way outside okay so i just hope everyone's doing great i'm doing pretty good i'm doing pretty well i guess just chilling i mean haven't been up to shit really because there's nothing to be up to um but i do still have a couple of updates i wish i had real ones for y'all as you all know i'm sure most of you are on the same shit i haven't been up to much i've been simply trying to not catch cerrone while staying sane peaceful and still enjoying myself throughout this crazy hot ass mess of a situation um i've been working out though at least three to four times a week i tried pilates and that was a great experience i actually really really like pilates like that might be my one of my new things i've also started this new yoga 30 day at home challenge with yoga with adrian she's really good at like explaining the foundation of yoga for all the new yoga people um and 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 meditation people so yoga with adrian i've been up to that (laughs) i've been eating good i think cooking good drinking good hella zoom parties zoom parties out the ass my family had a beautiful super fun um zoom party for my brother tunga his 29th birthday i love you so much thanks for being the rock of our family you're literally the best and i hope this is your best year yet um it was so funny everyone had their bottle they had their babies everybody was lit talking shit you know like normal family things it was amazing and i also helped curate one of my best friends taylor mcdaniel her birthday was also march 27th so we did a little zoom party action um love you so much taylor we've been friends since i want to say eighth grade and i love and adore you thanks for always being one call away our facetimes truly mean the absolute most to me like whenever these ny streets get lonely you're only one call away and i truly truly appreciate you i love you so much and happy birthday to those two aries my favorite aries um but yeah so the crazy thing is her mom was who i was talking about in the last episode who got um the coronavirus and her mom is actually thank god recovering um and she was at the party lit dancing more than everybody else at the zoom party so i'm super duper happy about that she was doing the savage challenge she was in there two step in the whole nine so that's really really amazing um and although there have been many deaths happening prayers and love to everyone who and there's and i and uh and I know there have been a lot of deaths happening. Um, I want to send my prayers and love to everyone who has lost someone. But on a brighter side, we are also seeing some great recoveries and survival stories. So we, that's amazing to look at that side as well. So love you, Taylor. Love you, Era, And love you, my brother, Atunga. So that's pretty much it for my update today we have a very very special guest her name is jacana jacobs i'm so excited i definitely plan to have her on when we can record in the studio that's this is my sister she's amazing um but since we don't know how long that will be until we can get in the studio we will be doing this over the phone i will introduce her later but for now we're gonna get into the pen pal letters so this one's kind of long okay i'm gonna read this all right 
And these are the pen palettes. Make sure you guys send me your questions to my DM at Penny Peace or email me P-E-N-N-I-E at G- wait P-E-N-N-I-E period A-N-A-S-S-I at gmail.com. Pen pal letters. Um, I love Steve Advice. I think it's one of my callings. I'm just kidding. Not, it really might be. But yeah, send me like all your shit. I'm here for it. So here's the question. Hi, Penny. I have a friend who has a girlfriend who may be bipolar. She was diagnosed about a year ago, but never took her medicine. As of lately and over the past couple of years, the relationship has been a burden on my friend because of her partner's manic episodes. My friend has her own issues that she deals with, like PTSD from being in a gang in Los Angeles and all kind of and all kind of other things that may come along with being a queer black girl from an impoverished neighborhood. My friend is so loyal that she doesn't want to leave her partner when she's at her worst, but it has become overwhelming. Especially during this time, with all of the quarantining and, so- and social distancing, her partner does things like waking up in the middle of the night, random panic attacks if my friend isn't there, and, she ca- and she'll forget that, like, okay, so it says, let me read this, her partner wakes up in the middle of the night randomly and panics if my friend isn't there, and will forget that she mentioned that she mentioned she would be going to the store okay she also found her in the bathroom journaling a lot of random stuff that didn't really make any sense we are unsure on if it's bipolar or schizophrenia or what we should do especially during this moment we would love your advice okay that is pretty packaged um and then it says signed the person's name but i'm going to call them eminem because I definitely will not share that info. So, hmm. Well, first of all, I appreciate your concern for your friend because often people who are going through, like often people who are supporting others with mental illnesses don't get the support that they personally need. So the fact that you are that support system for your friend is amazing. You are definitely a real one for that. Um, I'm also not a doctor or authorized to give any medical advice. So don't take anything I say as law or a word and please let her know to seek professional help as soon as possible okay but I, okay first i have like a ton of questions um you can definitely dm me again and, and like answer these for me but my questions would be when she has a manic episode does she say things that don't make sense or is she just in like an elated you know like grandose mood um does she remember what she does while she's manic or does it just fade away and i would love to know really like what her episodes are looking like um and get like to be able to kind of tell if it's bipolar it could be borderline personality disorder schizophrenia there's so many things it's like definitely a spectrum so it i would want to know more details before saying what she is right now it doesn't with the details that i do have it doesn't seem like schizophrenia but like I said, I am not a doctor and I have no idea. But this is just my own guessing. So, um, yeah, I have friends and family who have experienced all three, like bipolar, skits, and um, borderline pers- personality uh, borderline personality disorder. 
And what I personally seen is with bipolar disorder, you'll see like super duper high highs and very, very, very low lows, but both are very extreme. And it's crazy because sometimes you'll only see that person if they're not your family member when they're on a high high, because that's when they're feeling themselves and like that's how they function out like to the outside world. And during their low, low points, they're just like laying in bed. And the clinical definition of bipolar, I just want to get these definitions out for y'all so you guys can um, know what everything means before just, just throwing terms out there. But the clinical definition of bipolar is a disorder associated with episodes of mood swings ranging from depressive lows to manic highs. The exact cause of bipolar disorder isn't known, but a combination of Genetics, environment, and altered brain structure and chemistry may play a role. Manic episodes may include symptoms such as high energy, reduced need for sleep, and loss of touch reality. And I personally feel like the difference between bipolar and skits is the information that that person might be spitting out, which is why I ask, like, like what's, what is she saying? What's happening? People with bipolar might say a lot of things that ultimately kind of make sense but are not worded correctly because they're just like so high strung um it might sound a little deep and like conspiracy theory ish but it's not just super just you know not realistic so like Kanye was diagnosed with bipolar and that's that high racing energy that really got him on TMZ saying that slavery was a choice he had a point I believe he's truly at a point but he was just on he was definitely just having a manic episode. So he describes his manic episodes as being ramped up. Um, and he also says like he likes when he's ramped up. Like that's when he feels like that dragon energy that he's talking about. And that whole ordeal is when he feels alive, he's able to create. And that's when all of those thoughts that are racing, like actually make for beautiful art and messaging. So hence why the album, I love, I love being Hence why his album title was called I Love Being Bipolar, It's Awesome. That, I feel like, was a moment for mental health that I think was definitely skipped over. I feel like we should normalize diagnose, like mental diagnoses because they're definitely a part of us and they are only bad if they go untreated, right? And it's like, if you have something, if you have cancer, if you have um, diabetes, whatever, like it's a part of you, just like heal it, work with it and like don't self-sabotage. So we should be aware of everything that's happening within us physically and mentally so that we can act, so that we can act accordingly. Right. And just like get those kinks and quirks out um, and like truly know who we are and like what makes us who we are. For instance, I feel like my adult ADD is the reason why I'm so adventurous. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it, sometimes it is, but there's positives to it too. Um, it's why I'm able to take risks. It's why I love learning new things. It's why I'm super creative. It's why I'm adaptable. It's why I'm like a jack of all trades and I just have learned how to do everything in my fields from writing to hosting and interviewing to psychological research, editing videos, marketing for artists. The list like goes on. It gets tricky when trying to find a lane, but you know, I wouldn't, I, I personally would not have it any other way. So with these, um, I guess diagnoses or diagnoses, if you have it, you have it, you can't do anything about it. Love it, live with it, heal through it, work through it. And yeah. So I said what, what, what bipolar is moving forward. 
borderline personality disorder, which is another thing that might be happening with your friend. I've seen people forget their highs in this situation and they kind of use their manic episodes as an escape from their reality, if that makes any sense. Their emotions are very up and down and very, very intense. I feel like BPD is developed after some type of traumatic experience, like being abandoned or sexually assaulted. Um, that's just what I've seen personally. And the, the lines can get blurred because of that, like, high-low between bipolar and BPD. But, but BPD is developed after something happens. But here is the clinical version. This is what they're saying. BPD is a condition characterized by difficulties regulating emotions. This means that people who experience BPD feel emotions intensely and for extended periods of time. And it is hard for them to return to a stable baseline after an emotionally triggering event. Symptoms include fear of, aban- fear of abandonment and being left alone, unstable relationships, unclear or shifting self-image, impulsive and self-destructive behavior, self-harm, extreme mood swings, chronic feelings of emptiness and explosive anger. I feel like people with bipolar, I mean, they can do that as well, but... Um, not as much and people with BPD that's really what's happening with them so with schizophrenia I think we all kind of have a picture of what schizophrenia is so I'll just read the clinical version um schizophrenia is characterized by thoughts or experiences that seem out of touch with reality disorganized speech or behavior and decreased participation in daily activities difficulty with concentration and memory may also be present and like i know that we always think that homeless people have schizophrenia like when they're talking to themselves and seeing all these things but i just like listened to this amazing podcast with jay jay shetty and dr daniel amen who's justin bieber's psychiatrist um and he is super duper into studying the brain and, and brain damage. And he said that most people on the street, that they just have brain damage, like maybe CTE or one of those things. Like even get like a lot of y'all niggas been, got, have gotten hit in the head a lot of times. And that might be the reason for a lot of like, that was bullshit. I'm not even gonna lie. So he basically studies the brain and like figures out ways to heal it naturally or, or, or with medication. But he is very much so into looking at like, the science behind it so I just wanted to add a little part in there um yeah so I just wanted to break those three down for you guys so that you all know that you all know the difference it's important to know because I said before like the lines can can very much so get blurred but okay back to the answer to this question first of all your partner needs to go back to her psychiatrist for another um, checkup and diagnose and diagnosis. If they advise her to take medication, I believe that she should do that. Um, she doesn't have to be on it forever, but it will relieve all of the symptoms so that she can begin to figure out life and um, everything that you know she wants to do next. Everyone's mental health is honestly flaying right now because everyone's at home all day and it's just a scary, scary time. So this is not the time to play about mental health at all take your medicine people for real um if she refuses to seek help i would honestly give her an ultimatum because that's just 
not fair, right? Like, uh, I don't know. It's not fair for you, for, I mean, for the friends have to deal, for your friends have to deal with someone who doesn't want to help themselves. I would never say to leave someone who is mentally struggling, like abandon them. No, that's like, that's, I would never do that. But if it's to the point where that person's life or, or your friend's life is changing for the worse as well, like something really has to give. So it's like, I feel like your friend will be helping her by encouraging her to get help. And if she doesn't want to do that, because everyone does things on their own time, she might have to walk away. So like right now, I feel like your friend, your friend's partner is using her as a crutch. And it's like a trauma bond going on. She th- it's like she thinks she's OK just because she has her as like her refuge or whatever. So I think giving her an ultimatum and telling her to seek help and take her medication or that you're like your friend should really walk away if she says no um I feel like your friend like okay so leaving the girl might really really hurt your friend but it's going to be worth it in the long run so she needs to be selfish in this moment um and also breaking up doesn't mean just leaving someone for dead like you can break up and create your boundaries and still help her from afar and honestly that might be the best thing for you to do for the both of you guys because if nothing's changed i'm not sure how long this has been going on but people only help themselves and like they have to hit that rock their personal rock bottom to actually want to do that so yeah that's really what i have to say about that again i'm not a doctor not at all so that's just my advice from my own research and everything like that and like my own personal experiences and my own therapy so good luck sis please keep me posted and stay safe calm and peaceful during all of this like hot ass rony mess you will definitely get through this tell your friends she will get through this and all that so yeah okay that's that was a really good question remember to send your pen pal letters to penny.anassi at gmail.com p p-e-n-n-i-e period a-n-a-s-s-i at gmail.com and or you can dm me i will never tell anyone your business like that's trifling as hell so yeah all right we're gonna move on to the next segment which will be change i never thought i'd see this day ever but today's change person or whatever of the week is future motherfucking future i've talked so much shit about future and his toxic ways like since future came out since before it was like a thing to talk about that um i remember my guy friends in college would jam him and i just really did not like it i felt like it allowed men to like sit in their egotistical insecure and misogynistic and like toxic self-medicating ways i just wasn't here for it and then the fact that the music sounded so good like it was fire it sounded so good like it pissed me off even more I just be sitting there looking like, damn, like, I wish that this wasn't even a thing. But anyway, shout out to Future. Um, everyone is definitely a work in progress. And like his music is fire. I can never deny that. He's an amazing artist. Um, but yeah, so Future created the Mask On initiative, a playoff of Mask Off. Fuck it, Mask Off, which is super dope to help healthcare professionals in Atlanta. So basically, you know how Trump talking about that people are stealing the mask from the hospitals like no we just don't have any mask and we can't create any masks we depend on china for freaking everything like some goddamn idiots but anyway so yeah there's not that many there's like a influx or whatever i'm not sure what you call it 
There's no mask in the goddamn hospitals, okay? So through um, Futures Foundation, the Free Wishes Foundation, and also with the Atlanta Sewing Style Company, which, which is a sewing company in Atlanta, they came together to make masks for um, health professionals in Atlanta. And I think that is super duper dope. Even the whole play on mask off, mask on, I love to see it. Um, it's a great initiative. It's very thoughtful and useful. And I just want to shout him out, give him his little flowers or whatever. And yeah, and I also want to give a shout out to all of the healthcare professionals and all of the essential workers who are risking their lives for us right now and not getting paid nearly as much as all the CEOs and other motherfuckers who are just sitting at home making hella bread and not doing anything or saving anybody. It's really not okay for those essential workers and healthcare professionals to not make the money money that, that they deserve. But shout out to y'all, the nurses, the pharmacists, the doctors, the, the psychiatrists, the therapists, the people at the grocery store, the people at the restaurants, Anybody essential, shout out to you. Shit, even the liquor store. Thanks for being open because I don't know what what we would do without that. But y'all are amazing. And you guys, your work is very, very purposeful and super duper valuable. And I want you to never forget that ever. Y'all are the fucking shit. So shout out to y'all. That is my change part of the week. Shout out to Future. Yes. And shout out to Lori. Lori is beautiful, okay? And she seems very, very sweet. I actually finally heard her talk on this Pretty Little Things podcast, and she's super sweet, super smart. Yes, girl, y'all do y'all thing, okay? So we're going to move on to our next segment, which is My Two Cents. Okay, for My Two Cents, I want to talk about Drake's baby and y'all's weird-ass obsession with other people's babies, baby mamas, lives. It's... It's weird and exhausting. And none of y'all who were talking shit about Drake's baby mama could even pull her. She's a bad bitch. Y'all could never pull her. Talking all that shit when you can't even afford her. So y'all just need to relax. Um, and y'all definitely expose yourself for how whack y'all are throughout that whole situation. I think Adonis is gorgeous and he will definitely be modeling somewhere, catching more bags than you'll ever see in your entire life. That's for sure. Also, like, as soon as I saw him, I was reminded of this National Geographic cover that showcased how the human race will look in, I think, 2050. And he literally resembles so many people in that photo. And I thought it was just really dope to just see, like, predicted evolutionary things coming to life. I don't know. I just really like to see that. And the baby's gorgeous. I'm all here for the mixture, the assimilations. I'm... I'm here for just all of that to like just make the world a better place. I don't know. I just I like it. So, yeah, I just wanted to get my two cents on you fuck niggas talking shit about the goddamn baby and the baby mama that are y'all couldn't even touch. You can't even touch them. So you're whack for that. I just wanted to let you guys know. And OK, we're going to move on to gold. My girl, Jakana. Um. I'm going to introduce her before she gets on the call, but I love her so much. So for gold, I have my good sis, Jakana Jacobs. She's on the way, on her line, all the way from Portland right now, but she's originally from North Carolina. She studied psychology in undergrad, just like me, and we met during our internship with Vashi.com. 
and haven't left each other's lives ever since. My good sis is a creative over at Adidas and has been able to be a part of the Beyonce and Ivy Park collab, the Current Frost collab, the Yara Shahidi collab, and she recently curated the Know Your Power panel at the Adidas headquarters as well. Super dope. I will put all of her info in the bot in my little bio thing so you can see everything. She's amazing. She's done so much more than that, but I we will get into that when we have the conversation. But yeah, she's done so much in her damn. I want to say twenty three or twenty four. She's gonna kill me for this. Twenty three or twenty four years of life, and will continue to do so much more. She's my sister, and beyond all of that fancy stuff, she is a pure, genuine, caring loving and insightful human being trust me when i say we were destined to align and i'm so glad that god did that she encourages me daily checks on me daily prays like for me like meditates blows sages for me for us she's always in tune and i truly appreciate her for that but okay let's get jacana on the line hey yay Oh my God, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. It's <laughs> lit. Oh my God, okay. So I already did your intro and stuff, so you'll hear it in the pod. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, don't, don't cry, I'm just kidding, but okay. So, um, okay, we're just going to like get into everything. Um, first of all, what's up your day? Hey girl. Hey. My day, my day is going really, really productive. A lot of back-to-back meetings um but it's been cool you know I can't complain yeah what about you um my day's been cool I just finished like recording like the first part of the pod like all the other segments or whatever um, oh dope. yeah so I did that I like I like wrote for it today again and then just like recorded it so I like this one a lot so it's gonna be really good so I'm Yay. excited about that yeah how was okay. your trip to CVS okay so CVS <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. All I wanted was my birth control. Like, that's all that I wanted, honestly. Got it. And it was like, now it's like they don't want that many people in the store at a time. So you have to, like, be six feet away. And then it's, like, only, like, five people in the store at a time or whatever. So I guess it's, like, healthy or cautionary or whatever. But it was still annoying. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Wouldn't. But, yeah. So, okay. So you've been working all day. Can you tell everyone what you do, like, in your own words? I kind of did, but um, in your own words. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so. And what I you've done. A... Like, you know, just give a whole synopsis. Cool. <laughs> um, should we start where, like, we met? Because that kind of led me to, like, look. Yeah, we can do that. I have. That's literally my next question. That's perfect. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. So I would say that my whole journey really just started with um, starting my own blog. So I started my blog, Everything Boisterous, my freshman year of college. Um, And then obviously, you know, you're trying to apply for internships, you know, to write for different platforms and brands. They want you to have writing samples. Mm -hmm. So I just started (laughs) finessing with my blog and just started DMing. Anybody that would honestly respond, so like Jinx or um, Gnarly DB, who was like Kanye's like former stylist, I believe, um, Sony Digital, all types of people that would just respond back. Yeah, you're like, you're I the just... DM queen. You're the cold <laughs> DM queen. <laughs> and cold messaging queen. I love that. So many, so many lessons from it, for mm-hmm. sure. But 
Um, so yeah, I would just DM and, and email a lot of people and I would just interview them or even people that were just, you know, in my city where I was living at the time, Greensboro, North Carolina, I would just interview any creatives that were just dope and creative to me. And I would just shine light on it and turn up the volume and make sure that I was highlighting them in a really loud and colorful and, you know, non-filtered way, which is why it's called Everything Boisterous. And so mm-hmm. um, that led me to writing for like Respect Mag, um, which Elliot Wilson used to like be the owner of. And then that led me to Bashi.com. I finessed my internship there because I wasn't living in New York, but I applied anyway. Mm-hmm. And Same. they let me in the door. Same. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So did, like, is how did, we did, met. They, did they ask for that? I think, well, you know, the first time, because remember, I was there before and then I came back. Mm-hmm. The first time, I think they didn't care. I think the second time, they were kind of big on that. So know. the first time when they posted it, they were like, we're looking for New York-based writers. And so that's why I was like, okay, like, I probably shouldn't apply for this. But my friend David Webb, he's like a director. And at that time, he was helping me a lot with uh, my blog platform and you know, recording and stuff for me. And he was like, you should apply for this internship. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I applied for it, got it, took the SEO test, which all writers know what that is. Oh, well, I didn't have that test. (laughs) Really? No. What the hell? That's crazy. I know. So (laughs) my friend Lambert actually, shout out to Lambert. He sent it to me because I was like, writing for Karen Civil at the time. That was going amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, doing my own stuff on, like, pennyforyourthoughts.com and, like, kind of kind of doing the YouTube thing a little bit. Um, yeah. But it was when I was think- thinking about moving to New York. So he was like, oh, th- this would be really good for you to do if you plan to go to New York or whatever. So mm. I just really applied, and they were like, okay, um, send us samples. And then that was it. Wow. Yeah. Well, lucky you, because I took <laughs> a, a whole... SEO test and then on top of that I was like photoshopping like a picture of Alan Kingdom I think that was like the test it was like writing a music release or whatever oh, which dope. is nothing yeah that's yeah, dope yeah. okay yeah okay so from there um I graduated from college uh UNCG which is in North Carolina uh with my bachelor's in psychology and my bachelor's in communication studies and girl, nobody was hiring. So never, they're <laughs> never hiring. Nobody <laughs> was hiring. And, you know, when you're in college, you know, of course, everybody's feeding you the, you know, you put in a lot of work at college, you get a good job, like everybody speaks. About, and you had a good internship. All that. Like I had, like I had a, a pretty nice resume, mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. But when I stepped into the real world, <laughs> it wasn't looking like that. Like, yeah. The lease was up my apartment it was time to go back home which I dreaded because I'm from a military town I'm from Fayetteville um and so you know to go back to that and to be like okay well I don't plan on joining the military so like what am I gonna do Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of creative spaces in general in North Carolina like it's just starting to like pile up and, and get to a certain level but before you really had to just like know the right people and make a space whatever you could and um, anyway, so when I went back home, like, you know, there was nothing for me to apply to in my actual city. Um, so I, I applied for all agencies, probably in Atlanta, um, New so York. creative agencies, PR agencies, marketing agencies. All, like, ev- all of them. Whatever. Yeah. Same. Title, same thing. Yeah. Spotify, 
any anybody that I even like knew of that worked for those types of places like was hitting them up. They're giving me resume feedback, like the whole nine. And yeah, like nothing was working out <laughs> to my advantage. Like what's the like, time span? Like paint the picture of the time uh, span. Okay, so my lease was up in July of 2018. Went back home, got a job that I did not like. ABA therapy, right? That one? Yes. Okay, it, I did so, that too, which is crazy. We yes. both did that like fan <laughs> of college. I think that's like a, psych- like a psychology major thing. It is. It, it pays good. It it, the is good, but the gag is you don't even need a degree for that job. If oh my you God, actually read it too. For gag, that's the gag. Really? That's yes, crazy. you need no degree for that job, but it's crazy because that job is such a mental investment. But before, yeah, and we're dealing with like gosh. autistic kids, like they need the best treatment ever. Like that's really, and I think that's what kind of turned me off about that because I remember actually like being there and like seeing another ABA therapist like treating a kid really weird and wrong and it really mm-hmm. like, me off the wrong way and I was like that's not fair like these kids like, don't deserve that so I was like hmm this it, it it didn't seem like it was helping as much as it should it just seemed like kind of like training a kid it was just kind of and like babysitting so I it like, did my feel a little babysitterish really, yeah my moral code was kind of off there I was like nah I don't like this so yeah I I felt a little triggered because, like, you know, that job was just something I honestly saw on Indeed, and and they were requiring me to have a degree in psychology. But if you actually read the description on, like, Glassdoor or something, Mm -hmm. it's not technically necessary as long as you do the training. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, like, October, I got the job. They made me train for, like, a month. Um, And the title was ABA therapist slash behavior technician. And yeah, I took it on. I did not like it. Um, it's not that I didn't like the kids, obviously. Like the kids are great. Like I had a two-year-old and then I ended up having a five-year-old. Um, I love young, the kids. They don't even know that they have, you know, a speech impediment. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was it was pretty tough. Um, and it wasn't something that I could see myself doing long-term. And I knew I wasn't even in the job for long-term reasons, I just needed money, like straight up. Fact, I just needed like, straight you gotta money. Live your life. Like, I had to. Money I needed to it. You have to eat. But, <laughs> but the finesse was that I was using that money to fund all trips that I would be taking to do other job interviews in different locations. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was gathering money from that job, and then of course, like everybody's side hustle. You know, we were going through a life transition is like Postmates or whatever. So I was doing a little bit of that. It was quick money. So I want to say that's super dope because no one ever thinks like, like people don't know what happens before, like they don't the blow up happens like Postmates. I feel like I did that. Not Postmates. I forgot what it was. I remember doing that for it's a little like bit. Instacart or something. One of those things like that, mm-hmm. literally for like two weeks, substitute teaching. It's like so many little things that I had to do, like to get the money to do what I need to do now. It's like no one like cares about that part. So. Right. No, not at yeah. all. Everybody just cares about like the glamour part and like who you're working with and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a really that was a really tough time for me. Like I honestly feel like I went through the post grad depression and I didn't really oh, yeah. think it was a thing. But once you graduate and you're back home in an environment that you don't necessarily like want to grow and develop in. <clears throat> things hit like you know things mm-hmm. hit the mind you overthink things you don't think that 
you know, maybe you're just wanted in certain spaces. Like I honestly probably applied to maybe 300 spaces or 300 different positions rather. And it was just really tough. Like I thought it was something that I was doing. I was going to Atlanta, volunteering for different events like A3C. You know, I was networking, like I was doing what I needed to do um, to get into the doors that I wanted to get into because my resume obviously you know, wasn't hitting the way that I went. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, And honestly, I don't think I've told anybody this, but I think it was one day I was on my way to um, see my client for ABA therapy. And they lived about 40 minutes from me, which was like kind of far. And I stopped at a beauty supply store because I needed to get something. And I just started crying. Like I was just upset because Mm -hmm. I'm like, how have I worked my ass off like in college doing all these internships, staying up late nights, you know, and I was double majoring too. And I worked a job. Like I worked two jobs sometimes in college. Mm -hmm. Like I was working at Zoomies for two. And then I did, you know, side jobs a little bit after that. And, you know, to, I just kind of felt like I I hit rock bottom and this was probably like November frame maybe. And it just wasn't cutting it. Like, it just, I don't know, my my spirit just wasn't really in it. And I just felt a way about, you know, doing that job. And I knew my heart wasn't really in it. And, you know, knowing like, hey, you know, I have all these things and I can do so many things. I'm creative this, creative that. And, you know, I've had a couple jobs where it was like, hey, like, let's move on to step two. And then after that, I just wasn't, I wasn't hearing from them. Yeah. So, I think I was kind of building a little insecurity about where I belonged. And um, like, yeah, like you just, were kind of thinking like, damn, is this really for me? I've done all that I can do. Like, yeah, what's, what's like, really going on? So yeah. many nights I was like, I was still doing like my blog, but I was also kind of like, damn, like, where am I? Where am I going? Like, what's about to be my career? I wanted to work in marketing so bad, like so bad. And my spirit was telling me like, yo, you're supposed to be working in marketing. Like, there's been many times from college up until now, like I'll hop on the phone with a friend and we'll just ideate. And, you know, next thing you know, like they're rolling with the idea, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's, and it's never been a money thing for me, but it was just like the magical feeling of knowing that your idea is good is what like kind of gives me a high a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I just busted down crying and yeah, I had some internships fly my way. I, you know, would move on to the second round. Nothing was happening. And then December hit. I went to Texas and I came back home to Fayetteville after that. And I had a huge falling out with my mom. Oh, wow. And it was just really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And my dad kind of gave me an ultimatum was like, look, you have 30 days to get your shit together and like move out. And he knew what I was like putting in effort wise to like get a job but he knew and I knew that I didn't like want to stay in that home any longer like I was kind of good on it and it was to the point where like I was at my friend's cribs you know more than my own crib you know just Mm -hmm. kicking it so you know things were kind of just like hitting the fan and there was one day I just I think I went to go see a friend and I just prayed out loud and I was like God, please just allow me to get a marketing job. Like, I'll take an agency. I'll take something that's temporary, like, whatever. Like, just get me there. And 
I was on my way to Atlanta for a job interview for marketing, which is what the job title had said. Yeah, but they and- were bullshitting. <laughs> you know that story. Right. And I ended up in Walmart pretty much being pitched on selling Xfinity packages. Honey, honey. Do you know that I was at Home Depot <laughs> Selling pergolas and patios. That's when I had my first breakdown. Literally. Oh my God. Pergolas and patios, like walking through the aisles, literally like having this whole pitch, which I mean, I, I was good at it because I have a great personality. Like I, right. I was getting them hoes, but it was like, right. this is not like, like one day I just walked to the car and I called my mom. I was bawling. I was like, yo, this makes absolutely no sense. Like I'm too smart for this. Like, I've yeah. done too much for this. Like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So I totally, that's crazy. I had no idea you you had that same, like, type of experience or whatever. Yeah, literally. Like, I was like, I'm going to move to Atlanta. I'm going to, you know, have this 13-hour <laughs> job. And, you know, whatever I needed to do, I was honestly just willing to do it. <laughs> if it. If I felt like there was a plan that I could build off of that. And... I walked out of Walmart, like I had pitched some freaking toothpaste. I think they wanted me to pitch like looking crazy pretty much. (laughs) Like I'm pitching toothpaste, they're video recording it. And I drove like a couple girls in my car who worked at the brand already. And they were pretty much just like, yo, like this would be a great job for you. You know, we make commission off of like, no baby, like there's nothing wrong with that. So for the people listening, there's completely nothing wrong with that. But when you know in your heart you are not supposed to be in that space, like doing that. Granted, I might have done something like that in college for sure. But like post grad, when I'm kind of like, yo, know, like I I pitch things for fun. Like I've I pitch things. We both pitch things yep. for just like our internships. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we got articles made. But yeah, to like drive five hours to go interview for a a position that's titled as marketing, but they're actually finessing you to like go sell Xfinity packages at Walmart. Like, no. And that's one thing like also to like the listeners, if you're trying to do marketing and PR, there's so many scams out there. Make sure you research the hell out of the companies that you're like applying for because it's so many jobs like that. I've came across so many. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're desperate, like look into that shit. I'm, I guarantee you it's worth it. Like, please read. Please, For please sure. read. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And at that point, I was like, yo, I'm so tired of being sad. Like, I'm tired of being tired. Like, if I'm going to fix my situation, like, let me just continue grinding and keep applying and just keep it going because I'm not better than anybody else that's not getting a job right now. Like, honestly. Nice. So I kept pushing. And in January... Um, I had reached out to a man by the name of Astro Chambers, who had been recommended to me like months prior, um, over LinkedIn from somebody from Nike, actually, um, by the name of Darian Burks. And he, Darian Burks recommended like five people to me, um, different people of different brands. And, uh, one girl, it just didn't work out, um, so, and that's just like a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Aster was like my guardian angel. Number one, he did not know me um, like from a can of paint. And I seen on LinkedIn that he had got promoted 
or given the position as a director at Adidas for a statement. I had no idea what statement was. I just knew like, wow, he has a position at Adidas. And I had already been talking to him the summer prior because he wanted to give me some advice. He was just really cool. Like he's from DC. Like I had a good feeling about him. And I was actually making a Postmates run to Waffle House this night when I seen the job posting. And at that point, I was just like, I, you know, no risk, no reward. Like, what do I have to lose by following up with someone? For you know, sure. there's, pow- there's power in a follow up. Like, that's the, so that true. is, that's, is like the, like, that needs to be on a t shirt. There's definitely power in the follow up, for sure. Like, major <laughs> power. Like, that's where it all almost is. more power than the initial email yep. you probably ever sent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I was like, hey, you know, congratulations on the job position. If you're looking for anyone to assist you, um, so if you need like an assistant or you need anybody in marketing, please let me know. Like, I'm super open and I'm super available. I kid you not. Two hours later, he replied and was like, send over your resume. And I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh. Like, yeah. this is insane. And so a recruiter ended up following up with me. And I honestly didn't even know what job position I was even applying for. This is how oh, shit. like incredibly kind this man was for me. Um, he also had did like maybe two decades at the Jordan brand before. So he wasn't new to like any of this. True. Um, and so, you know, the resume is being passed on. I'm getting through the interviews and the recruiter asks me like, yo, do you even know what position you're you're interviewing for even though you're doing like a great job and I was like I actually don't know what I'm applying for like on the phone on the phone are you dead ass yeah have you told me this before I'm not sure oh my god that's crazy (laughs) and I was like no like to be very honest I don't want to lie like I don't know what position (laughs) I'm even applying for okay and he was like you are applying for um, assistant apparel product manager for global and for the music sector of Adidas called Statement. And I was like, okay. And there's other like tiers and stuff to Statement, but I was specifically being hired for the music side, which is North America. And so I was like, wow, okay. And so, you know, they give you the names. They're like, you're going to be working with Pharrell and and Pusha and and all this. And I'm like, oh, like now I kind of get like why Astor might have thought I was like a good fit for this. Mm-hmm. Because I had already came from like writing on streetwear and music and all that. True. And like I love streetwear. So I guess it just kind of fit the bill and the interviews were just like happening like smoothly. Like I couldn't believe how well they were. So the recruiter, because like, most of the time recruiters are like, hell no, and someone like answers the phone and is like, I don't know what I, what no. I applied for. Like, how was her response to that? Like, and how did you? Kind of finesse that, you know what I'm saying? Um, like how the response that? to that honestly wasn't he wasn't alarmed, and I think it was because like maybe Aster like put in his ear like, hey, like I have a feeling about this girl, like let's just see, you know, if she would fit the team, like maybe just the the vibe of the like team, a, like an initial combo situation. Exactly, I think they were more interested in my passion and like what I could bring to the table as just a person rather than like what job position I was filling. Um, so he wasn't alarmed actually like, okay, at all. <laughs> um, he was actually like, you know, glad that I was excited about the position. He more so kept asking me like, 
are you still interested in the business? Oh, that's I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm even more it, interested now. What? Right. So after that, he was like, well, I see no reason not to move on to step two. Wow. So, that's so good. <laughs> it was so good. I couldn't believe it. I was keeping my parents like, you know, update by update. And, you know, even though me and my mom were kind of like going through it a little bit at the time, she was also still rooting for me, of course. But um, yeah, so it just ended up going well. Like the third interview, I think, was like with my actual boss, who's my boss now, Jason Grisby. And our interview was about things I actually care about. Like he was like, what do you care about in fashion right now? What do you care about um, in the world that you see kind of, you know, making its way to like marketing and how brands, you know, market their product and stuff. And like, I pay attention to that stuff on like a daily Mm -hmm. basis. So it wasn't hard for me to like answer certain questions. Um, He asked me about, you know, designers I paid attention to. We had like a discussion about Virgil. It was just, it was a lot. Um, We talked about 21 Savage, uh, Breakfast Club interviews. Like, I think he, I think my boss honestly just wanted to see if I was in tune with the culture. Yeah. That's literally kind of like half of my job, if not more. So I flew out to Portland, uh, like late January. So at this point, it had been eight months since I had graduated. So January finally came. Mm-hmm. I flew to Portland. They're like, hey, we want to fly you to Portland. All on us. Of course, expenses paid. Um, Getting flew out. To the end- yeah, flew <laughs> out. Basically, wintertime mm-hmm. time. Like, literally <laughs> flew out. Like, you know, it was cold. I had got my little pony installed. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, I had to come correct. <laughs> and so... And low-key, I feel like my parents were also, like, banking on it, too, because they're like, shit, like, if you don't get this job, like, where is this girl going to go? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, I flew it out. Um, I brought, like, 10 copies of my resume. Y'all, y'all can never be too prepared, yep. ever. Fact. Like, never think, just because you're interviewing for a job, that they have your resume, like, sitting on the counter. Have you guys looked at not- it, or they don't even have it at all, yeah. So, when I got to the interviews, like, I want to say four out the seven had not seen my resume yep. at all. So that was the beauty of like, no worries. Here's a copy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it drives the conversation. And so, yeah, I went through about seven interviews. The last person that interviewed me was Aster, who I had knew all along over LinkedIn and all this. Oh, that's so fun. And that's lit. Like, would you finally you know, just see him like, like I never met him in person. Yeah. Exactly. So... He walked in the room and he didn't shake my hand. He hugged me. I think he just knew like, yo, like, wow, this is really happening. And he did not ask me any super, super corporate questions. It was more so like, what do you feel like your purpose is? You know, what do you feel like you can bring to the table? And so um, the day after All Star, um, I got the call, which was like around Valentine's Day. I had just volunteered. Um. By the way, y'all, when y'all are looking for a job, it's okay to volunteer yes, at different everywhere, spaces. different events, everywhere, <laughs> doing anything. I was like, I was a stylist volunteer for Slash by Tia at um, All Star, and that went really well. And the day after that, that's when I got the call from Scott, um, who's the recruiter for this, recruiter for my team, and also Yeezy. <clears throat> and he was like, "Hey, um, just calling up with an update." And I was, like, scared as fuck. Yeah. Like, mind y'all, I had texted him. I was like, hey, when do you think I'm going to hear an update? And he was like, give me till Friday. And I was like, okay. So when he called, 
like I was fucking shivering. Like I canceled my like patient appointment. Yeah. That day. Actually, actually, you know what? They canceled on me, which was the wildest part. Like they canceled on me. I didn't even cancel on them. Mm-hmm. So I, that was a very weird timing thing. And um, he was like, just want to call and let you know that we've made our decision and you have the job. Oh my and I was like, oh, my God. Like, what? I was screaming. And I was like, are you all going to give me, like, a moving pension? Like, like, oh, my God. Like, when do I start? They're like, when can you get here? I'm like, give me two and a half weeks. I can definitely be in Portland. And my dad drove both of us cross country. And the rest has been history amazing that's like super destined and like people like need to know like reach out to people people actually care to help others so don't be afraid to like reach up like don't think you're bugging anyone people really like everyone comes from somewhere and like they can relate and someone will like relate their story no exactly for sure but Uh, yeah so i would say um okay so how do you handle being a young black woman like with you have amazing like innovative ideas space (laughs) men who really aren't into changing things or don't even know much of anything so like how (laughs) you find challenging how you do that what's your um i guess like way of Making sure that you're navigating that, yeah, that your ideas get executed. Um, I would say that my personality, I feel like, allows me to stand for the things that I believe in. Um, and so at the end of the day, if I feel like, you know, what maybe older people within the brand or just OGs, I like to call them OGs, mm-hmm. when OGs are maybe pitching something to bring to life or get a certain person in the fold for like, you know, a product, uh, a campaign or, or whatever. Um, and they ask me my opinion. I'm always going to give them my opinion. Um, I'm very unfiltered. And even though let's just like, let's just like be honest with this being black and working in a marketing space. Number one is very rare. Um, and I was already briefed on this before I even started working. This is what uh, ask, like Aster or like people that you talked to. This was what Darian Burks, who from Nike, uh, had kind of like gave me that whole roster of people to kind of like look into or whatever. Mm-hmm. He actually told me that, and he uh, he honestly doesn't even work in marketing, <laughs> but I think just from an observation standpoint, he was just like, "Look, like you're going to be a young black woman in marketing, and there's not going to be a lot of people that look like you." So I already knew what I was stepping into, but it didn't, it didn't scare me and it doesn't scare me now. Um, how I navigate that, I just, I'm vocal. Um, and I don't react, you know, immediately when something is told to me, um, I let people speak, you know, a lot of people have a hard time letting people speak, Mm -hmm. you know, when they have an opinion or a reaction or whatever. But what I've learned um, since working there is that it is very, very, very important to have composure at all times. Like when somebody is telling you an idea that you may not even agree with, or they're giving you a, um, a stance or a compromise that's been made, um, off of reasons that should not have, you know, even came to play. Um, I wait, I wait till they're finished talking because 
if I'm going to give you my full opinion or what we would call a read, if I'm going to give you a full read, I need you to give me all the facts and I'm going to wait because I don't want to be the person to be like, whoa, no, no, I don't agree with this. And it's like, oh, well, we weren't even finished telling you the rest of the plan. So you never want to look foolish by reacting too quickly. So I always wait and, you know, wait for I can actually have a voice and have the attention that I need for my opinion to be heard and to be established and to possibly be executed. Um, so, yeah, I just have composure, you know, say what I need to say. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been very helpful for me to always be vocal about my opinions or my ideas um, because my boss, who I'm like so, so, so grateful for, um, always makes sure that, you know, whatever I'm ideating or whatever I'm feeling, like he considers it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just come together and we decide like, is that a good idea to present to the partner? Like who could be like Pharrell or whomever, um, or if it's not. And with us, like our whole phrase is be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so that. if that means telling people that don't look like you, hey, that's cultural appropriation. Like it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, like, or if we feel like, you know, putting a certain person in an ad to, you know, sell to the quote unquote urban audience, like we feel like that's not necessary or it doesn't have to be a we. If I don't feel like that's right, like I'm always going to ask questions and I'm always going to give an opinion based off your answer of that question. Um, you can never like feel bad for asking a question. The worst yeah. thing that people you know, can tell you is a no or like, I don't agree with it. But when you're in front of an audience of probably more than two people, there's going to be somebody to agree with you. Like there's going to be somebody that's like, that kind of thing. you. Yeah. Yeah. And so even if your idea doesn't work the first time, you never know, like in corporate, like it might not be the idea that works the first time, but try to execute it two months later. And see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might be multiple reasons why your idea may not come to life or why it may not be fitting for that partner or for that collection or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, I think also just me kind of, I don't know, I guess I'm bold, what my friends were called bold in real life. So yeah, I think when I'm in the room, it kind of just fills my work. Um I'm here to bring a perspective. That's what I was hired for, is to bring a perspective. So, you know, if you don't like it, it's totally fine. But I'm probably, like, one of the youngest people working for that brand. And I'm probably one of the rarest-looking people in a certain room. And so if you're not going to hear me out, like, that's cool. But I will let you know, like, okay, like, wait till two months down. Like, you're and you'll see what I, what you'll I was see. talking about. <laughs> you're going to see what I was talking about. Yeah. Or you're going to see the feedback from the partner, you know, from an idea that you all are creating. And I'm going to be like, I, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so you just been, let it rock. If they're not like messing with you, you're like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, keep moving. I let it rock. And there's also, you know, and sometimes even if it's not related to product, I still raise my voice. There's been many times where I've had to be a little bit more assertive. I don't want to use the word aggressive because I feel like people relate the word aggressive too much to black women. Like angry like, black women. Case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very annoying, which is why, you know, as a black woman, it is super important for me to have composure. 
And, you know, for me not to give what people are waiting for, like people are waiting for me to react. People are waiting for me to yell and smack tables and, and, you know, be something that I'm honestly not, but I really like to be logical with my responses. I really like to give ideas that are based on facts and maybe a perspective of a community that looks like me. And if you agree with it, great. Like, let's keep it rocking. And if not, like, like, it, like you just said, like, you'll see, like, mm-hmm. you'll see that either I was right. And maybe you should have took a bet on me or, you know, maybe I was wrong, but, you know, shout out to Esther because like he took a bet on me. Like there's a lot of people in this world that have a, a huge ego and he was one person that didn't have ego when he brought me to the table. And yeah. So that's and a he's a black of, man. That's yeah. amazing. Like he wasn't right. even a woman. Cause like, that was my next question is like <laughs> the importance of having like black woman allies, like at uh, your company and whatnot. But so shout important. out to Aster though. Like yeah, he's so a real important. Yeah. And I don't think I even mentioned before, but I think when I talk about even like my job now, it's very full circle because even though I found Aster in like a very unorthodox way, like he was recommended to me, he was the person that gave Vashti her first Jordan. Oh game. shit, yeah. And That's I did not crazy. know that. That's like serendipity. Yeah. So crazy. Like, so it's very important to, if you're gonna be in a space, it's very important to not pat yourself on the back for just being the only black person in that room. No, you should want more black people in that room. Like, so that's kind of like what I not only live for, but like what I strive for, whether it's marketing or whatever the hell I'm doing. So that's just kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm assertive, that's why I care about the community I'm representing and I care about the work and the effort that I'm putting into what I do day to day. So yeah. that. So um, I feel like along with being vocal, like some people are vocal and not saying shit. They're not about shit. They have no intention. Like you have <laughs> intentions and you're very passionate. I'm sure like that comes off to everyone as well. That's why people are like actually listening to you. So what exactly would you say outside of all of this, like even mm-hmm. or inside, outside, just like the bigger picture, like mm-hmm. what are you most passionate about and why? Like what keeps you up at night? Like what keeps this whole thing going for you? Um, hmm, that's a really good question. What keeps me going is, I believe, honestly, like that, you know, 21 year old that graduated from college that had to sit at home for eight months. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I and it's kind of like crazy to say, but I think I do it for a bigger purpose. So I know a lot of people get involved you know, in the quote unquote creative space, you know, to post pictures of who they know and what work they're doing, you know, whatever. Like they just want the credit, the clout. Yeah. They want the clout. Like, you know, and that's just kind of whatever. It's not even in the sportswear industry, but also like just the creative industry in general. Like we, we know how this goes. Yep. Um, but I think what keeps me motivated is, just knowing that I have a way bigger purpose than this. Like, this is a fraction um, of my journey, but I feel like a part of my journey and a big chunk of it is bringing people to the table. Like, rather that's getting someone of my community signed or mm-hmm. whatever the case is, or even just getting, you know, somebody from my hometown that runs a clothing line or something, getting them in a campaign whatever, like I want to bring 
people to the table wherever I'm at, you know, whether mm -hmm. that's Adidas or anywhere else. Um, because I come from a place, once again, that doesn't have a lot of creative spaces. And when I was looking for someone to turn to in my community to get me to a certain place that I wanted to be at, I couldn't find them. Yeah, I could not find them. Um, and specifically, I couldn't find a Black woman that I could ask these questions to. Granted, we did have Vashti, but, you know, that was from, like, a, a strictly, like, work level. And, uh -huh. you know, she had tons of things going on, too. <clears throat> and I don't think I even had these questions at that time when I did meet her. Because um, you hadn't, like, hit those experiences yet. So I hadn't hit those experiences yet. Um, you know, so I think I just do it because it's, like, I want to be able to be an example that not posts the pictures for clout. I want to be the example to get whomever to wherever they want to be because yeah. I didn't have that luxury of picking up the phone the day after graduation and be like, put me in this space. I belong in this space. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, I feel like it's way bigger. It's way bigger than footwear, you know? Way so bigger. I want to yeah. do what Aster did for me out the kindness of his heart. I want to do that for so many people you know, for so many different reasons. Like, I want to see Black people shine. I want to see people, you know, rather they're Black, Asian, I want to see minorities, like, really run this shit. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I know it sounds like, I don't know, I don't think it sounds wild, but, you know, to some ears, maybe it does. I just want people to be able to live in spaces that they're usually not welcome to. Yeah, um, and live comfortably and, and like, be, be normal and not have to do the most to get there or stay uh, there. Yes, like, man, like, not even to quote Jay-Z, but, like, you know, he's like, you know, I'm not Black, I'm OJ. Like, I yeah. see so many examples of that. And Seriously. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in acting one way in the office and then, you know, totally changing. The code switch. The no, code me switch. neither. Like, I can't even do it. Uh, I can't do it. I know we do it on emails. I get it. You know, I understand like everything has its its space and its timing, but like, I, and I understand like God. professionalism, but there's yes. definitely like, a different cadence in between communication and just like everything period. Right. Like, and where, so. you know, think about it, like from school, from jump, like we are conditioned to speak a certain way we're conditioned to have this type of jargon we're, we're forced to assimilate oh, gosh like it's like well damn like we run the culture but like you influence like how we move like it just mm -hmm. doesn't make sense and so I want to be able to like make people that look like us be comfortable and remain comfortable in those spaces without having to you know lose integrity over it I want to do the shit that I'm doing now, like with integrity forever. I want to be able to put people in spaces with integrity forever. So mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going. Even when I'm tired as fuck, I'm like, yo, like I'm tired. I need a break. But then like, I think about the little girls that I hope to see, you know, in the same marketing rooms as me, maybe, you know, three years down the line or four years down the line. I want to see them. I want to see a girl rocking a hijab in my marketing meeting. I want to see yes, it. Yes, lit. And I have not seen that anywhere. Oh, my gosh. I have not seen it anywhere. And I, I want to see it. I want to see you it just, so like, bad. Like, a picture that I really have not seen. And I didn't even think about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so that's, that's really crazy. Right. And so to answer your question, even about the allies thing, like, having allies is so important. And I think my biggest ally, and I've been very vocal about this, 
um, at least to my friends, but, you know, to be vocal in here, like my biggest allies, you know, even now are black women, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Esther was my guardian angel and I just told him that literally the other day, but um, outside of that, the people that invite me to their rooms, you know what I'm saying? Like to contribute to whatever they have going on. That's also like a big deal. Like, they're the ones that are sending me the email invites. You know what I'm saying? Also other people too. So I don't want to like discount that. But I would say like my biggest allies are for sure black women, because when it comes to me even having an idea, they always like have my back or like rooting for me in the back end, in the front end, in the privacy areas and also in public. So mm-hmm. I fuck with that so much. I love the way they move. They inspire me. And I think it's just, you know, it goes hand in hand, you know, none of this is selfish. All of it is selfless. Yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, but first I don't want to like forget about everything boisterous. So (laughs) I want you to like talk more about that a little bit and tell me who's like your most favorite feature and why. Ooh. Okay. Um, everything boisterous. So I've always been loud y'all. I've always been loud. (laughs) I was born this way. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think, I don't know if it's because I'm like, you know, half Cancer, half Leo, half Pisces. Like, I don't know what it is about me, but I, I'm loud. And even when I'm not loud, like my boss has told me like, yo, you have like this it girl factor. And I really don't get a high from that. I get a high of like commanding a room Mm -hmm. for the right reasons, not for like the wrong reasons. Exactly. I feel like I've always kind of been that way, like from school. Like, I don't know. I think it's just a personality thing. But anyway, I think think it's just like certain folks like that. Like I've heard that although I'm like, I wouldn't say that I'm loud, definitely vocal. Yeah. But I feel like some people just have like their own essence that's just different from others. It just like definitely does command the room. Like, I don't know what that is. I know God bless us. (laughs) We got that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And even when we're quiet, like people still like still feel away. like I don't I don't know what mm-hmm. that is but I always kind of equated like having a voice or being loud you know to having a voice or the voice and so that's why I called it everything boisterous because I was like well I want to be able to highlight creatives with the voice I want to be able to highlight you know people that are in the culture that stand for something um and that have a vision And so, you know, when I named it Everything Boisterous, I was just thinking like loud, opinionated, you know, unapologetic, um, you know, loud volume. And so I was like, okay, you know, maybe I can rock with this and apply it to like the whole ethos of the blog. Mm -hmm. And so just to be clear, y'all, my blog started so shitty. Like, so I'm not (laughs) like, I'm I'm super transparent. (laughs) Right. Like, I think everybody's first blog venture has probably started shitty at one point. Yeah. Um, my journey of making a blog was that I was just bored. Like from, you know, I was taking all these psychology classes and I was taking all these like calm classes and I would go home, you know, during my freshman year. And like every freshman, we go back to our dorm, we go eat ramen noodles. Like we go take mm-hmm. a nap, whatever. And I was over it. Like I was kind of burnt out early. And so I was like, damn, like, what can I do as like a side hobby? And I didn't have a job, by the way. So I was like, what can I do as a side hobby to kind of like fulfill, you know, this passion for fashion on my end, but also music because I love, love music. And so 
um, I just started taking pictures on my phone and like all types of shit. And it was so bad. It was on Blogspot, the worst freaking domain to make a blog. So don't don't make a blog on Blogspot. Yeah, don't. Please. Yeah, that was like Ugh. it was awful. I feel like I did that like years ago, like 2010. I think I had a blog. Yes, like <laughs> man, the grind. But um, yeah. Yeah, and one day I went to go play videographer. Like I told y'all, like, we are creative. You're a renaissance person, okay? Yeah. If you got to be the stylist, be the stylist. If you got to be the videographer, that's what it is. Whatever you need to be. You're audio man. Audio Writer. Writer, host. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> the list goes, like, on. Yeah. But um, fucking the PR person. Oh, girl. Emails, everything. We're, we're everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I was playing videographer one day for my friend Gordon. Shout out to Gordon Holiday. And he was like, yo, I need a videographer. I was like, bet. So I met him in the auditorium, got the camera. And this really tall guy walked up to me. He was not cute, y'all. So this isn't going where you think it's going. Um, he walked up to me. After everybody thinks somebody's tall, got to be fine. They don't all they be, don't fine, all like be fine, y'all. They don't all they be don't. fine. <laughs> they just hide. Um, yeah. So yeah, the guy walked up. To me. But then the thing is, what's crazy is you can't be short and ugly. Like that's, that's true. Like the no, no. But that's you sucks. can't be ugly I'm and sorry, mean. Guys. That's a crazy combo. Oh yeah, ugly and mean is the worst. Oh, God, I can't. That's the worst. That's another combo okay. though. But so yeah, so the <laughs> okay. guy walked up to me and was like, "Yo, you're the girl that has a blog, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I hate you. Don't you hate when niggas like ask you questions that they know the answers to? They definitely do know that. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, y'all. So." They, <laughs> He asked me that. Trying to be cool. <laughs> right. And I was like, yes. And he was like, oh, you know, I think it's kind of amateur looking. And I, y'all, I don't know how this man woke up this day. I don't know what pushed him to act like this, but that's what he said. He said what he said. Now, the hood in me could have been like, nigga, like, if you want to fight, we can fight. Like, I know you yeah, a nigga, but like, you really want to scrap. Like, you got some shit. <laughs> in your heart against me like we can really talk it out or maybe not maybe we don't need to talk it mm-hmm. out but the other side of me was like damn does this nigga have a point <laughs> like I don't know so what was it looking like like the thing like? is it's like the blog actually wasn't bad looking but it looked it was mm-hmm. blog spot y'all like it was not okay cute. you know it wasn't it had no edge it, had no edge. it, it was not tumblr okay. it wasn't tumblr at all Nothing about yeah, it. Okay, okay. Not even like mm-hmm. Karma Loop. Like nothing. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> it was, you know, I was just on my grind shit, y'all. Like we are just passionate about some shit. You'll do anything to make it come to life. And if it's a little For shitty. Sure. I think after you start executing is when you're kind of like, all right, let me tailor it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to go look at my shit at my dorm and I was like, damn, like maybe he has a point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm taking these pictures and shit on my phone and I'm, you know, like all types of shit. And I deleted it. I deleted the whole thing. Oh, and shit. And I decided to stay at college for summer school. Like I said, y'all, I never want to go home. So that's why postgrad was so bad for me. But um, I never want to go home. So I took summer classes and I worked on the blog at the same time. And I made my whole blog from scratch after that. And I did it on WordPress, learned a little bit about templates, you know, the whole nine. Um, and started doing interviews from there. And um, my first interview that I think I had posted, I think was Shamir. He goes by Swank. And he actually just signed to Knife Wonders label, which was like super oh. ironic. Because back then, like, mm-hmm. 
Like, you know, he was just rapping. Like, he was just grinding. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he still is super talented. He was super talented. So I had him on there. Once again, like, that was just somebody that demonstrated, like, you know, an artist on the rise. So the way my blog is broken up is, like, artists on the rise, um, tips, shoe network. And then I believe that's it. There's, like, different sections for everything. But most of it is either given to artists on the rise or eb interviews and so mm-hmm. yeah like he's my first like interview on there then i did something with um jk the reaper who was in like denzel curry's circle for a long time um mm-hmm. shout out to him he just had a baby or i think he has a baby on the way i don't know but anyway <laughs> baby. <laughs> and then after that that's when I like started hopping in the DMs like really hard because my email signature wasn't anything cute or professional looking. So I had a friend make a logo for me that I ended up changing eventually, but he made a logo for me, Gordon. And I had EB in like a TV with like the little color signals and stuff in the oh, back. Oh yeah, it's so cute. Yeah. yeah so he cute. made the first edition of that. And then I ended up like doing it myself later on down the line and like revamping it. And that was my signature. And so now I have like a little signature and it had like creative director, founder of Everything Boisterous. So now I have a little something, something to like email bigger people uh, with. So between the DMs on Instagram, you know, sending long heartfelt messages like, yo, I love your work. You know, I would love to have you on here. This is what my blog is about, yada, yada. Jinx from State of the Culture, who's on State of the Culture love now. Jinx. Yeah, so he was one of my first interviews as well um gnarly db i think his like real name is daryl brown he used to be a style director for rocksmith and then he turned into kanye stylist and i don't think he's a stylist anymore um and then after that like i just started interviewing whomever cody shane came to my campus so i interviewed her during her prime um she's still super dope i think she's like working on something and then after that uh, Sony Digital, that was that went really well. I went during finals to like go interview him. Uh, never interview people during finals, y'all. Not a not a, not a you good went decision. To Atlanta? Uh, no, I went to Raleigh, North Carolina. He was there. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I see Twat, who's the uh, a part of Divine Council at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Idris Sandu. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, Nick Grant. I mean, it's like a list, and yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't want to make it. Uh, braggy but yeah that was the yeah. but yeah it's been dope and then of course like I've always shine light to artists on the rise in between because um, it's not always about people that have followers or people um, that are like quote-unquote cool sometimes it's about the people like in your own city and so I always make sure I shine light and people like that are on your yeah. level like because you never know where they're gonna I end mean, up you have exactly yeah. like swank like for a great example like i interviewed him years ago literally years ago and he just signed to knife wonders label like last year so you'll see him a lot with like rap city and like all these like dope you know people but did i know that back then no but i thought he was dope Mm -hmm. so always trust your instinct with that and so i think that's how i've been able to build out everything boisterous and if i hadn't made the blog I would have never had writing samples to even apply for internships. So if people aren't mm-hmm. giving you an opportunity, like build, just build your own shit. Like people will eventually like see it and you'll be able to apply it to something eventually. Like that's kind of like my portfolio. Um, for so, sure. Same. Like, it's just like, you have to have something. You can't just be like, Oh, I want to do this. And have right. 
it, like that is exactly sense. and it's yeah. never been about the numbers like never um at all never never, never. not even all about quality all about quality honestly, and me. the stories being told because there's been yes there's been many times where like i don't have like the craziest views on something but like somebody messaging me like of like oh my god this is my favorite artist right now like thank you for posting this i'm inspired blah 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 like that shit yep. hits differently or you know or even people just being motivated to keep going with whatever the fuck they're doing you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you never know you know what exactly or how exactly your content is going to help other people and i feel like my like who's yeah, watching yeah i think our purpose or at least i feel like my purpose is is helping people which is part of the reason Most why sense. i'm in marketing like i love being behind the scenes making a blog is marketing you know what i'm saying so yep. you know if you're a blogger you're marketing you're a marketer like accept mm-hmm. that shit feel that shit and like rock it out but like that's that's kind of been my process. My favorite interview, though, I would probably say, ah, that's that's really tough. Um, it's either between Icy Twat and Jinx. It's probably between those okay. two. Let's hear about Jinx. I love. I Jinx. love Jinx. <laughs> Why was he one Jinx, of your favorites? Jinx is probably one of my favorites because, like, he's just been. I feel like he's just been so humble for so long, and he came from Morehouse, and he was gonna take a whole different direction in his life, you know, Complex wasn't even, or doing journalism and and all this wasn't even his first, you know, rite of passage. So I think just being able to, like, dig into his story, especially as it related to, you know, the things that were going on at that time, I think that was, like, 2015. So, like, a lot of, like, protests and things were going on at that time. So I think just digging in with him and just seeing who he is as a person and what's led him to a journey similar to kind of like the industry we're kind of working in, um, which is really dope. Um, and I think he's just dope too. And I love his perspective even now on state of the culture. I love him on state of the culture. Oh, yeah. He's my favorite. Um, he's, he's the like, most rational. <laughs> the way he words things like rational, like oh, intellectual, so funny, like a mixture of right. everything. Like he's interviewed I love so many great people i think honestly i'm like does he read every day know. like like all day i don't know that's a question definitely for next time i would definitely love to know he's like an encyclopedia he's so smart literally. so smart and then yeah. with icy twat i would say i loved interviewing him because it was on a whim like it was just i got plugged with that interview just on like some connection shit through my sister and just her like knowing some people um, in the Virginia music scene, who knew uh, Icy Twat because his members of Divine Council were from Virginia and Chicago, I believe. But um, anyway, like he was my favorite because he was just so like filterless. Like he was just like, I love black women. Bro. Like this is how I make my beats, and his beats are just so <laughs> fire. Like I love, love, love mm-hmm. Icy Twat beats. Like a lot of people do, but like I really love them too. Um, I'm really big on like producers, which is like why you probably will see the icy twat stuff in the Sony Digital stuff. I love anything behind the scenes, like hip hop politics. Yeah, I love it. Producer stuff, I love it. All that, but he was just so filterless, and I feel like these days, like you just don't find that people want to be so fucking cookie cutter, and it's just like not necessary. And he represented it like everything but that mm-hmm. so I really appreciated it and um it's also mm-hmm. like one of his favorite interviews that he's done so it was 
It was really oh, I love dope. that. Because he posted it on his YouTube, and then he, like, took it off, I think, because of, like, copywriting or whatever. Yeah. Which is fine. But, like, to this day, like, I'm still getting comments on that fucking interview. And it's been well over two years. So, yeah. That's I think amazing. I think that's impact. I, I like that. Yeah. Definitely impact. Okay. We're going to definitely switch yeah. gears. Okay. So, uh, with this whole Ooh, corona thing, yikes. of course. I know, right? Like, and you uh-huh. live alone, so I want to know, like, how has social distancing, quarantining been treating you? Like, how have you been keeping motivated, busy? Like, how's your whole, like, vibe been? My vibe's been good. I mean, you know, lighting the candles, making my food, <laughs> not going. Burning the sage. <laughs> burning the sage, yes. Burning my Palo Santo, mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, It's been good. Like, I think, you know, when people, like, think, like, oh, because you live alone, it could be a little lonely but I actually don't have that feeling like I like being dolo I love not having roommates for at least this time um and it, it just feels good but I think it's allowed me to be very reflective um so okay. I think that's really the space that I'm in just very reflective and I think I'm in a very deep state of gratitude I've seen a lot of dirty things happen um just across different brands that are going on right now a lot of people are losing their jobs you know Macy's just cut over 130,000 people like yesterday I did yes, not see that 130,000 people and so I you know I don't feel like I have room to complain if that makes sense you know so when people ask like you know how are you doing I can't say anything negative because I don't feel like I have room uh to complain to be very honest with you um and so you know I'm I'm seeing a lot of different things happening to different people people are getting sick you know hell fuck the job aspect but people are dying so I think for me like when people are asking me like how I'm doing or how I'm you know, getting through this time, I'm like, I'm thinking about the people that are passing on, you know, that aren't being treated or aren't, you know, not being seen at the hospital. And then secondary, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the families and the people that I even know personally that, you know, are getting their jobs taken away from them um, for certain, you know, circumstances that are out of their hands. Nothing that they could have helped or did could have stopped them from being fired. And so, it's yeah. just, it's a very humbling time. If you weren't already humble, no. This to definitely humble the I'm entire, super. like, world. Like, if you were already humble, baby, <laughs> you definitely are humbled You need to right be now. humble right now. Because any, anybody can anybody, get that corona. Anybody can get the corona. A- anybody. anybody can have their job taken away from them tomorrow. Their family All taken that. away. Like, anything can happen at this, like, right now, in this, in this moment. And that's very nothing scary. Nothing is promised. Yeah, but, um, but on the flip side of that um it's kind it's kind of a hard balance and maybe you can relate to this but it's like there's so much bad shit that's happening with this but it's also making the world pause and actually concentrate on the things that do matter you know what i'm saying like yep. damn like what if we actually cared about the things that we're caring about now like making sure our neighbors are good making sure our family is good friends whatever you know, what if we checked up on people the way that we're checking up on them now and just did it when shit wasn't so bad? You know what I'm saying? So, yep. I think I think on both sides. So that's kind of just where I'm at. Like it's like reflective for everyone. It's kind of like, dang, like it just makes you like put everything yep. into perspective. And then also I feel like we 
although we aren't seeing each other, I feel like we're we're still very much so connected and still having time yeah. to talk. I don't know. I just feel, I still feel connected to all my friends. Like I don't know, and kind of even more so because we have that time. Right. So and it's a, it's bringing yeah. a lot of creatives uh, out the box too. Like yes. it's breaking exactly. so much traditional shit. Like you know, if you're having an event at an event space, obviously that shit's not possible right now. But like people are doing stuff on Zoom or IG Live, and it's really mm-hmm. dope to see. I love to see it. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be my next thing. Cause you tweeted. I feel like your tweet <laughs> went kind of viral, from what I remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, so tell them about that because I'm I was asleep <laughs> during that set and I'm really mad about it, honestly. So it's just like you can take that away and talk about that, and then we can go into just like the different ways that creatives are kind of like showcasing their talents and like you know just switching shit up online. Yo, so, yeah, for yeah, sure. So DJ D Nice, number one, period. Like that name alone should hold weight at this point. Yes. Um, DJ D Nice was doing a Instagram live. It was on a Sunday. I remember it was a Sunday. Um, and he was just playing tunes. My friend Mommy had actually sent me the link that he was DJing. And I I didn't know this guy. Like, I'm not from New York. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like I and you're way younger. Right, like, like, yeah. I just like good music. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, fuck it. I'm going to tune in. So I tuned in. And he's playing bops on bops. And, you know, one hour turned into two. Two turned into three. And the whole hip-hop community was already, like, in there. Like, more people just kept hopping in and hopping in. So you had, like, Fat Joe. You know, you had um, Rihanna eventually hopped in. Uh, Michelle Obama. And I felt like I was, like, live reporting or tweeting. But I was just so excited in the moment because, you know, his Instagram had jumped from, like, you know, like, 10K people at one point to, like, over 100K. And I think it eventually reached to, like, 200K. That's wild. It was crazy. And it was, like, a party. Like, Angie Martinez was in there. You know, it really felt like we were like in a real party, like on the dance floor, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, people buying each other invisible drinks, virtual drinks. So, yeah, it was dope. And obviously you'd see like people that you follow on Twitter or, you know, your friends or people within the creative industry in the the party, too. too. So it's like, what's up? You know, good to see you. It's kind (laughs) of like, you know, that little like friendly hug that you give people you know you haven't seen them in a while or you know you've never met them before yeah it felt like mm-hmm. that like yes. hey like it, was, it felt <laughs> like that so to have that moment in mm-hmm. dj d nice's um ig live and you know mark zuckerberg like he jumped in there too the owner of fucking facebook like oh uh, yeah, that was insane. i mean joe biden i mean bernie sanders all types of politicians and that was in my tweet, so... And there was, like, a, a couple people that were like, oh, like, why'd you have to add Joe Biden? And I'm like, girl, like, I, I don't have a, you know, a stance on politics right now. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. Like, why would... I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to give you a oh, dose. Like, so the trolls? The trolls the, were coming It was, like, you? two or three. It wasn't nothing crazy. It was mostly okay, positive. But still. but still, it was, like... Okay, okay. People were still finding time to, like, be negative. But I made sure... So I purposely didn't retweet like that stuff because I was like this is such a time for positivity and for everybody to to kind of just like heal and be one and so like my last Mm -hmm. thought of my mind the last thing I was bothered by was like people having like political preferences it was probably literally three people everybody else was like 
super positive people were like telling like quoting like my tweet about like them bringing in their parents or they're like oh my god we just party with rihanna like you know whatever and i'm over here giving updates i'm like y'all the lights have been cut off the dj has packed up ubers are outside (laughs) of me like you know we're we're gonna keep it moving and then he had like a set the next day but the whole tweet went viral and i did not anticipate that you know i just get excited sometimes you're like how like what the, the numbers? numbers? Okay, I will give you the In exact. The yeah. I'm sure you have to. Mute I, it. You know what's crazy? I didn't mute it. I really wanted to though. <laughs> it was, it okay. was crazy ridiculous. But I know it got like 16k likes, and then I think retweet wise, I gotta find it. But it was definitely a lot. It was probably over 3K. It was a lot. Matthew Cherry yeah. had retweeted me, That's and I, I blame him. Because oh, after that, yeah, yeah, so it was like, bing, 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 bing. Like, it was just, it went it up. Went up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, not Matthew Cherry. Like, I was <laughs> shook. Like, yeah. oh, actually, I can give you the numbers right now. So this is such a okay. weird number. 2,999 retweets and 15.5K wow. likes. Yes, that's, that's so crazy. it was it was dope. But I think it's so amazing how I feel like he kind of started that whole thing. Well, yeah, kind of for the DJs. Like I just made it big because I know um in Houston we have like one DJ. Mm-hmm. Actually, Texas. He like DJed all of our college parties. His name is DJ Mister Rogers, and he did one like a Sunday fun day, and literally it felt like we were literally like at the address. There was like a popping spot in Houston. Like Love it has time. I feel like that started like a really like amazing trend for people to just have it fun, did. you know, like and have it a good did. time. Um, like, and I think like while we're even talking about this, I think that it's important to note that it's not even about the people that hopped in. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not about the celebs per se. I think it's yeah. just about how powerful media can be and how creatives can truly be and execute. You know, during a time of crisis. Um, and make it work because mm-hmm. you know DJ D Nice. Like I, you know, I, from what I've heard and from what I've seen, he was doing this for days and days. Like Naomi Campbell had hopped in like during like the initial sessions. Oh shit! And I had seen her again. I seen her in the club, child. And I was like, yes, in the club, you know, rocking. <laughs> yes, I seen. I seen Naomi. I was like, hey, girl, and. <laughs> It was just crazy. Yes. Like, so technically we can't say that we parted with Rihanna, but the more I think important aspect is that we got to see how creatives can thrive during a time of crisis and really bring people together. So creativity is about. So mm-hmm. that was really dope. That's exactly what it's about. Like, what else? Have you, mm-hmm. I've seen panels. I've seen like lots of different things. Has anything else personally like stood out to you that you want to talk about before we, um, we like, I would definitely have to say Neo versus Jonta that was Jonta Austin I didn't watch that either I always so good it. so good um I don't know Sean how. Garrett versus the dream that might have been the most entertaining live I have seen um is that's where all yes, those pictures are coming from are unstoppable okay uh, Tory Lanez, <laughs> quarantine, 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 quarantine oh radio. God, his, like his whole thing that he's been doing right now is, is hilarious. It's amazing. He should be. He should low key think about like being some type of like. He definitely needs later. to, and he definitely needs to make shirts while like the iron's hot right now. He needs oh to God, have. Yes. They, they, they need, need you on the line because like 
he ha- he was just so entertaining. Like the twerk battles, like that's like so fun too. But watching certain people host like Tory Lanez has been so so fun to watch. Um, and so yeah, so next to those, I would also say um, Nadira, who has the platform uh, Gumbo. Um, she's super dope. Mm. I always tune into her content, rather that's like just something that she's posting, like a flyer, or like an event she's doing. Um, but she's just super dope. Um, if you tap in Instagram at the gumbo, that's her platform. But she's been doing Zooms um, where she's like hosting parties and she's having um, her DJ or um, it's been like the same DJ over and over. I want to say her name is like Quinn. Um, and Quinn has just been, like, playing those bops. Like, she's just been getting it. And the turnout has been... I'm definitely pulling up to the next one. Send me the link the next time. I definitely will. Um, (laughs) She's super sweet. I've never met her in person, but, I mean, like, who cares? Like, if you support women, you support Black women, like, just support that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. don't fake support it and just, like, retweet that shit and, like, go about your business. No, like, engage. Buy a fucking shirt. Like, hop in the Zoom. Like, Yes. Yeah, actually interact. I feel like she's best friends or roommates with my friend Michelle Locke, who I like worked with for Karen Silk. Yeah, so I the think world she, is very, very yeah. small. So I'm yeah. sure like if we were to come to NYC, we could all link up. You Facts. know, that's how shit works. So she's dope. Her Zooms yeah. have actually had like really great um turnouts. Like it's been like plenty and plenty of people there. So it's not just like three people, it's like not like 20, like 30, 40, 50, and like the account just mm-hmm. kept going, but it's been really dope to just see like her and you know a lot of other DJs shine, yeah. Everybody, um, and just creative shine in general. This is it's, it's a dope time. It's a dope ass it. moment. It's like because like there's like nothing else that anyone can look at but like exactly. what we're doing, you know. So it's really dope exactly. or listen to. Okay, so this is our last segment, peace of mind. I guess like even mm-hmm. all of these DJ sets, all of all of the live things, the creativity like that. I feel like mm-hmm. brings us all peace of mind. Um, so for the last segment, I would love to know, like, outside of this, like, normally, like, what, like, how do you personally find your peace of mind? Like, any practices, any go-tos, and make sure it's not, like, the normal, you know, it's gotta be, like, out, like, something that you don't think anyone else does, or that, that's kind yeah. of rare. Cool. Go for that. Um, yeah. I would say what brings me peace of mind is smoking a blunt. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, I um, love I it. I smoke a blunt, I light a candle, and I watch Living Single, or um, I have a favorite <laughs> movie, it's Love Jones. Um, sometimes I watch that to just, like, ease my mind. Or I honestly, like, I'm the ignorant neighbor that drives into the driveway with, like, loud-ass music. So if I'm mm-hmm. really... Blasting, like, blasting like to almost like fucking up, fucking speaker, up your speakers. like window shaking, like the whole nine. Yes, I miss driving. Oh my god, so driving, driving actually like kind of brings me a little bit of, of peace when I'm having oh, it's you know, yeah. just facing like anxiety, just like day to day. Um, or you know, mm-hmm. I hop on a FaceTime with you know my best friends from my hometown, so you know, or a combination mm-hmm. of all. So it's it can it just kind of depends on the day. Sometimes, you know, just the call to, like, my homegirls and just venting is good enough. And then sometimes if it's a little bit more extreme, like, I'll take that drive. Like, I'll put my phone on d and I'll light the candle and I'll just watch a movie and just get snacks and, 
that's what it is. If I have to try it out, then fuck it. We cry it out. That. But um yeah, yeah. and sometimes Period. crying like it was actually good. Like crying is mm-hmm. Ugh, crying. love to cry. But I, I love to cry with none of my kids. <laughs> crying like on some like yo, like I think the world's about to end, but like you know, and then like <laughs> grabbing you a glass of Seco, six dollars from Trader Joe's, y'all. Six dollars from oh Trader Joe's. <laughs> a bottle of Seco, get the mango sini or get the strawberry. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I've never had that, but I will be picking that up. As soon as the like our Trader Joe's lines are crazy, but, so I'm not uh-huh. going there until this is over. But when it's grab time, you a bottle of that, that and up. you're you're in good mm-hmm. hands and have that cry, make that meal, okay. and yeah, don't let people fuck with your spirit and you're you're good. Yes, I love that. Okay, I I always give one of mine. I feel like for mine today, I will say definitely like breaking down and talking like Mm. through things with you is definitely (laughs) one of my like mechanisms, honestly. Yeah, so like I've never I've never thought about it till like just now. I'm like, wow, like Mm. sometimes when I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? I just have to talk through it with somebody who understands all aspects, like not just the work aspect, like the personal aspect, then also like who someone who knows me and like my past and like where I want to go. So I feel like that's like definitely like one of my little piece I of mind things. I think I have to so I copy that. off of you. I'm going to add that to my list too, because <laughs> we've cried together on FaceTime. <laughs> no, seriously. Literally. No. What? <laughs> like, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. From boy, And not even just about like work from boys to work to whatever family being broke, whatever Niggas the fuck. Money like, work. Oh God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All the bullshit. All the bullshit. Like, um, <laughs> but I'm oh gonna love that. Okay, so that's really it. Okay, I will definitely. We have to do this again in person. It's crazy that it had to happen over the Anchor app, but I, I love like this it. App. This was really good. Do you have any? I know it's dope, and I hope it saves right or I'll be pissed <laughs> off. It should though. Um, do you have any final um, words? I was for the listeners, even like you know, like we're psychology mm. based, mental health. Like you can go there, you can just go wherever you I want. I would with say it that followers. if you're thinking about giving up at any moment, like I'm not sure what anybody's like spiritual preferences are or whatever, but find what works for you and don't give up on yourself. There's a lot of people that yeah. are not going to root for you. Like the last thing, if you're a creative or just anybody in general, it doesn't even matter if you're in the creative space or not, because I don't want to just tailor it to that. But whatever you're doing right now, if you're busting your ass trying to get into grad school, if you're busting your ass trying to get, you know, a job or whatever the case is, like keep going. Doesn't matter if people are watching or not. Do not do it for the people that are watching. Do not do it for the Instagram posts. Don't do it, you know, for the testimony or whatever. Like, do it because it matters to you and then build on whatever after that. But do not give up on yourself. You have to be your biggest fan. If you're not your biggest fan, how can you expect not only, like, other people to root for you that don't know you, but what about the people that know you? You know what I'm saying? So be your biggest mm-hmm. fan. Like, love yourself like nobody fucking else. Be your biggest fucking advocate. Find whatever your confidence is. And make it work for you and your life path. Um, yeah. Yes, I love that. Oh my god, thank you so much. I love okay. it. I'm gonna text you after this, right after. So love you. Let me let me hang up okay. right so I say <laughs> everything. Bye. Okay.